Amen? When we are doing well, when things are going well for us, the people rejoice. You know, that's been through history and through the Middle Ages and on up until recently, it's been thought that if you were a Christian, if you're a believer, that you were supposed to be poor and destitute and you were supposed to look bad. And you're supposed to be somber and and upset and, and boring people and crying all the time. You're supposed to be weeping and wailing, wearing black. Don't draw any attention to yourself. It, just that kind of thinking came over the church. Now, I don't believe that we're all supposed to be rich. I don't believe that we should chase prosperity as far as riches and wealth and all that kind of stuff. I just believe if we steward and do things right, God brings blessing to our life. If that's rich, rich things or if that's, if that's financial blessing, then that comes with it. But it just comes through stewardship. Um, the Bible says the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. So we don't want to love money and love prosperity and love things. That's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about prospering as our soul prospers. But for 500, 600 years, the church has been stuck in this. The church is supposed to be boring. We're not supposed to have fun. We're not supposed to draw any attention to ourselves. We're like the kid when we were, when we were growing up. It was diff- it's different nowadays than when I was a kid. If I was walking down the street and there was a group of teenagers when I was 8, 10, 12 years old, I would go on the other side of the street and purposely not look in their direction as fearful that I would scare them and draw their attention toward me. Let me grow up. Let me know that. You would, nowadays, man, kids are like, they're like, dude, what's up, man? I don't care if there's 25, uh, 30-year-old men. They're going to walk right through you and just bump you and not be scared at all, right? And it wasn't that way when I was growing up. But we were scared. We didn't want to look. We don't, don't look at them. Don't draw any attention to yourself, right? Yeah, some of us are still that way. We're, now we're walking down the street, and there's a group of, of 15-year-olds, and we're scared to look at them, right? <laughs> we're men, and we have families, and we're fathers and stuff, and we're like, dude, go the other side of the road. That's some gangbangers. Don't go over there, right? <laughs> Whatever it is. But the church has kind of carried that same kind of mentality. Don't draw any attention to ourselves. If we just lay low, people will leave us alone. They won't hurt us. They won't, they won't punish us. They won't laugh at us. They won't ridicule us. Let's keep a low profile. And that's not at all what we're supposed to be as the church. We're supposed to arise and shine. We're supposed to walk into a room and not say it with our mouths, but walk into the room and carry the attitude and carry the presence of God that says we're here, we can fix stuff. Yeah? See, when the righteous people, when you and I thrive, when we prosper, when we become healthy and strong believers, mature in spiritual gifts, mature in our emotions, mature in relationships, when we flourish in every area of our life as our soul flourishes, the people will rejoice with us because we bring answers and healing to the nations. The Bible says in Ezekiel that everywhere the river goes, There would be healing, there would be life, that even the leaves of the trees would be healing for the nations. That there would be all kinds of of trees, that there would be all kinds of vegetation, all kinds of animals and living creatures wherever this river goes. How many knows where the river is? Where does it tell us in the New Testament where the river is? Someone shout it out. Out of our belly will flow a river of living water. How many say that with me? Out of my belly will flow a river of living water. So if you can take what it said in Ezekiel and take what it says in the New Testament, everywhere you go, everywhere your belly goes, a river goes with you. And wherever that river goes, there's life, there's flourishing, there's thriving. Amen? So when you prosper internally, when you get this thing down, when you get this Christian thing going, and you begin to thrive in your spirit, man, everywhere you go will begin to thrive. Do you believe that? (laughs) Now, kingdom thinking says flourishing to the point of making others flourish. 
We don't want to get, go on to the next one. We don't want to get selfish when we think about prosperity. Because this is generally what happens with prosperity. It becomes an inward thing. It becomes, I want to have wealth. I want to have riches. I don't want to ever be sick. I don't want anything bad to ever happen to me. I want to just have everything go well and be a bed of roses and everything be perfect. And we, we stop thinking about how it affects other people. And we only think about, how can I prosper more? How can I have more things? How can I do better than I'm doing right now? But kingdom thinking says that you're in a place of authority as a Christian on the earth. From that place of authority, it is now your duty, it is now your responsibility to, to flourish in a way that it causes other people to come alive and flourish. Amen? We teach this to our leadership, and we'll, you'll hear it the more we go through things and teach more leadership in the future. But the world has a triangle, and at the top of the triangle is the king or the president or the captain or the, the, the person with the most money at the top of the triangle. And the ones below them on the triangle are the, are the, the, the servants, the ones that cause him to be more wealthy. <laughs> we work longer hours so that our boss can go play golf <laughs> or whatever it is, right? We work overtime so that our boss can take two-hour lunches and buy drinks for everybody or whatever, we do all kinds of this so that the people on top can become wealthier and do better. Now, in the kingdom, it's totally flipped upside down. The ones that are in authority in the kingdom serve those that were supposed to be underneath them, but now are on top of them. The triangle's inverted. And the ones that have authority, which are believers, now serve the ones that are above them, that are supposed to be below them in the world system. But now they serve the ones that are above them to make their lives better. It's called honor. The kingdom is all about honor. The kingdom isn't about honoring yourself. One of my favorite lines from a movie is in Gladiator. How'd you know I'd ever quote this movie again? <laughs> but when, when Maximus looks at the king, I can't think of his name now, it doesn't matter. When he looks at him, he says, the time for honoring yourself will soon come to an end. <laughs> I'm like, that is the greatest line of the whole movie to me. The time for honoring yourself will soon come to an end. Prosperity in the world's sense is honoring yourself. What can you add to your life to cause you to have more value, to make yourself feel better about yourself, to increase who you are on the earth, your assets? What can you do to honor yourself? Kingdom honor is what can you do to honor other people and make them more wealthy. So as you prosper, as you thrive, as you flourish, the people rejoice. Why? Because the more wealth you attain, the more you pass it on to them. Freely you've received freely give how in the world can we heal a world that's broken from the church that's broken away from god we begin to flourish and come alive with kingdom thinking that says i am i prosper so that you can prosper i'm here to make your dreams come true if you need to get on a higher shelf i will bend over and let you step on my back to go higher because it doesn't matter what happens to me i'm here to honor and to serve you this is what i'm talking about arise shine when the righteous prosper, when the righteous thrive, when the righteous flourish, the city rejoices. People come alive around them. Why? Because we get it. <clears throat> what did Jesus say of himself? He said, I, the Son of Man, came down from heaven not to be served, but to serve and to give my life as a ransom for many. He immediately introduced to them the upside-down triangle. The King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, tells them, I didn't come here to be at the top of this pyramid for you to serve me. 
I came to be at the bottom of the pyramid to make the kingdom a better place so that your family does better and your family does better and your family does better. This is what I mean by Arise Shine. This is how we heal a community. This is how we, how we change and transform society. We arise and shine with the mindset that the church is here to make other people do better. Amen? Go on to the next one. Now, I like this version, all right? Proverbs 29, verse 2, same scripture. The other one says, but when the righteous prosper. This one's the New King James Version. It says, when the righteous are in authority. Say the word authority. authority. When the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. But when a wicked man rules, the people groan. I want to hit that last part before I move on. Why do people groan when wicked men are in authority? Because they lord over people. Like I said before, you're here to help me look better in this company. You're here to make me rich, and I don't care if you get minimum wage. You're here, I don't care if you have good benefits or good insurance. It doesn't matter about you. What matters is that the top-end people and the executives in the company make money. That doesn't matter about all the people that make it work, all the worker ants. You're not important. That's why people groan when wicked people are in places of authority. But when righteous people are in a place of authority, people rejoice. The definition for authority is, if you go on to the next slide, it says the power to determine, adjudicate, or otherwise settle issues or dispute. Persuasive force. It means the power to make decisions. Say that. The power to make decisions. So when the righteous people, who are the righteous people? When we are in a place of authority, which means we can move heaven and earth, we can make decisions. Hello? You with me still? When we're in a place of authority, people rejoice. Amen? Going to the next one. Kingdom authority is not lording over people or causing them to feel like servants, but it's creating a safe place where they thrive, where people thrive. In the kingdom of God, it's about creating a place where everyone can prosper in it. Everyone get that? Now, you and I as a church, we're transitioning to a, new, to a new way of thinking, to a new place of authority. Which means that as we go into this new realms of authority, it may be your workplace, it may be your family situation, God's going to begin to unlock for you new places of authority. He's not unlocking that so that you can pour wealth into yourself or pour favor into yourself or pour honor upon yourself. He's giving you a place of authority so that you can be a channel so that other people can connect to the favor of heaven. Did you hear me? You're in a place of authority. You're in a place of favor, not just because you're a good person, not just because he thinks you're his favorite, although that's true about every one of you in this room. You're his favorite. I'm his favorite. You're his favorite. Right? It's not just because, oh, I'm God's favorite. I had this great place. Oh, I got the, I got the front row parking space because I'm favored by God. Who cares, right? Maybe we really need to walk a little bit further, right? And save that for someone older, right, or someone, someone that can't walk very well. Or a mom with six kids, right? But we're, oh, I've got the favor of God. We forget that we were blessed. And you hear this so much, it becomes like one of those Christian cliches that we just say and forget about the power of it. We're blessed to be a blessing. And we've heard that for 10, 15, 20 years to the point where we forget the power of what was said. We are literally placed in places of authority to cause other people to have favor and be a channel for other people to have favor. I want to talk a minute about the difference between authority and power, all right? The definition of power is riding the wave of God. Say that with me, riding the wave of God. For instance, 
Saul was not a prophet, correct? How many remember Saul in the Bible? He was the king of Israel. He was not a prophet of God, right? He was a king. Yet when the, the, the prophets came into the room, another spirit came upon him, and he, he began to prophesy with all the prophets, even though he wasn't a prophet. How many know that, right? Now, if you didn't before, you do now. You can raise your hand, right? Saul was not a prophet. He was a king. But when the other prophets showed up in the room, man, God's spirit came upon him. He began to say things and prophesy and declare things that he had no idea that he could do this, right? Because he was riding the power of God in the moment. He was riding the wave. He didn't create the wave. He was riding the wave. Right now in this room, the wave of God can come in here and everyone in here could recognize it. Wow, that's the power of God. And you can begin to pray for your neighbor. You can begin to do things that you didn't know you could do because you're just surfing the wave of God, right? That's the power that we've, we've known before. Now we're transitioning into the, the authority of God, all right? You can go on to the next one. The authority of God is different than just riding the wave. It's creating the wave with God. Hello? Say that with me. It's helping create the wave. So power is just, man, I recognize God's here. I'm not a prophet, but there's prophets here, and I can prophesy now. That's the power of God. Now the, the authority is... Now I'm helping God create the wave everywhere I go. Everyone get that? God is transitioning us as a church. He's trying to move us to a place where we don't just ride the wave, where we have to see this big move or get goosebumps or know all of God's here for us to begin to operate with God and to, to cooperate with Him. He wants us to come to the place where our heart beats with His heartbeat, where our mind is connected with His mind, where our spirit's connected with His spirit. And when we know He wants to do something, we're like, Lord, can I partner with you to create this wave in this place? Because to be honest with you, most places you go, you're not going to have the anointing of God when you walk into it. Your workplace seldom probably falls under the anointing. Right? Our homes sometimes don't often fall under the anointing of God, like, like, like we would feel in a worship service. Am I telling the truth? That's because we're relying on the power of God rather than the authority that he's given us to create the waves. You have been given now a place of authority to create things that you couldn't do before. And with great power comes great responsibility. <laughs> I know I'm cheesy. That's who I am. <laughs> My wife tells me all the time, you're cheesy. I'm like, that's okay. You love me. <laughs> If I didn't say those things, I would bog down up here. I would blow up. I have to be cheesy. But it's true. Now that we've been given this new level of authority, our responsibility now is not to just enjoy the favor of God, but to give it to other people. There's a story in the Old Testament of some lepers, and they were starving. They had nothing to eat, and they were dying. And they're like, man, let's at least go to the town. If they kill us, they kill us. But maybe we'll find some food there. At least we'll, one way or the other we'll get some relief, right? We'll either get killed and put out of our misery or we'll stumble upon food and favor, maybe. And they go to this place and they found this town. There's no one there and there's all kinds of food everywhere. And they're in a place of famine, all right? Let me give the background. There's a famine in the whole land. There's no bread. There's no food. It's literally a time of famine. And they stumble upon this village in this town where there's excess amounts of food and grains and all kinds of food. And they like, man, we've hit the mother load. <laughs> They're lepers, man. No one cares about them. They're the dogs of society. No one thinks about them. No one looks at them and thinks, oh, man, I want to be friends with the lepers. I want to hang out with the lepers. No, they're cast out on the outside of town, and no one thinks about them. 
They're starving. They're dying. They stumble on this treasure chest of food and grain. And they eat, and they're so satisfied, and they're happy. And in the middle of it, they look at each other and say, you know what? It's not right for us to eat this and keep it to ourselves. When our cities around us are starving, we need to go tell them what we found here. (laughs) Now that you and I have tasted and seen the Lord is good, Now that we have partaken of heaven and we've tasted that he's good and the kingdom is good and the things that God has to offer is really good, it's not right for us to come here to church and just enjoy it and be like, oh, I'm satisfied. I can make it another week because we're not on the realm before where it was okay just to operate in power. Now we're in a place where we need to operate in authority where we say it's not okay just to just have this for ourselves and to know this feast is here and only have it for ourselves. We have to go tell people, hey, I found a place where there's a feast. I found somewhere where you can take a drink and never thirst again. I found somewhere where your marriage can be healed. I found somewhere where your emotions can actually be resolved, where these issues that you keep going through are over. Amen? I found a place where depression actually goes away. It becomes a history to you and not something you live with. Amen? Amen? How many have been freed? How many have had things happen to you? Breakthrough in your life. And how many of you know people that are fighting through and struggling addictions or things you've made it through? It's not okay for you to eat it and say, oh, I'm so glad I found this. Oh, I'm going to go to heaven now. It's not okay to just do that anymore. We've now been given a realm of responsibility because of breakthrough. The realms that you've found breakthrough in have now become realms you have authority in. Listen to me. If you have overcome an addiction in your life, you now have an authority over that addiction. Which means you can create waves now in the realms of that addiction. Listen to me. (laughs) If your marriage was broken and God has healed your marriage, you now have an authority in that realm where you went through struggle and pain and strife to where now you can create breakthrough for other people in the realm that you once struggled in because you're a person of authority. When the righteous thrive, when the righteous flourish, people rejoice. Why? Because we take what we get from heaven and we just channel it to them. Amen? If you don't remember anything else I say today, remember that. The realms that you've broken through in, the realms God has broken in your life that that were addictions or bondages before, things you've made it through, crisis that you've overcome, have now become places that you're a person of authority in because you know what it's all about on both sides. You can mourn with people that are struggling in that area. You can have compassion on them because you're like, I know what it was like to be there. But let me tell you, I'm now in a place of authority where I can help you change that situation. I'm not the answer, but the answer lives inside of my belly. And everywhere I go, this river goes. And everywhere the river goes, there's life. And I want to just begin to bring life to you. Amen? That's what we're called to do as a church. The next scripture I want to read is Proverbs 11, verse 10. It says, When the righteous prosper... The city rejoices. Say that with me. When the righteous prosper, the city rejoices. Go on to the next one. It's the same scripture, just another version of it. It says, by the blessing of the upright, the city is exalted. Say that with me. By the blessing of the upright, the city is exalted. Is that good stuff? How do we heal society? We get it. It has to click inside of us. Listen to me. We have to become healthy and whole. We have to flourish. We have to begin to thrive. Amen? His kindness and favor is what leads people to repentance. And now we have to create an avenue for the world to receive him. They don't know how to get to him. Amen? 
But as people of authority, we create a, a place. We create a highway where they can follow. You know, Isaiah talks about the highway of holiness. It says even fools will stumble and find themselves on this road and not fall off of it because of your holiness and your righteousness. It's a beautiful scripture. Isaiah 55, I believe. It talks about a highway being created, a highway of holiness. And, and basically, we, we taught something years ago at my church called the go vacuum. And what it meant was as you go and do the will of the Lord, it creates a vacuum behind you that sucks people into it and causes them to find their way. Amen? (laughs) Say that. Go vacuum. (laughs) So as you go and do the will of the Lord, it just creates this avenue and creates this highway where people automatically can find their way to the throne because you're doing what you're called to do and you're creating an authority. You're creating a wave. Amen? Let's go to the next slide. A city is destroyed by wicked mouths. It says, by the blessing of the upright, a city is exalted, but it's overthrown by the mouth of the wicked. So the power of death is in the tongue, right? I'm going to talk about this side of it first. So how do we create death and destruction in our city? We gossip. We speak negatively. We judge. We curse. When we say, oh, they're getting what they deserve, that's judging. Or we complain, right? Go on to the next one. But, but blessing comes from godly people and the city is exalted, right? The power to thrive is in the tongue. How many believe that, right? We can cause death with our tongue. It says the power of life and death is in the tongue. So the way we can cause our city to be exalted is we can begin to prophetically speak over our city, prophetically speak over our marriage. If you're struggling in your marriage, you have to not say things that cause that are negative talk. You can't do it. Listen to me. If there's if there are issues in your marriage, don't always state the obvious. (laughs) You never listen to me. You never hug me. You never spend quality time with me. You don't even understand what I'm saying. You never take time out for me. When's the last time we had date night? Those are really bad ways to to solve the problem, right? This really... (laughs) Hey, I'm just... I have a Rolodex of these examples from my personal life. I'm just (laughs) spitting them out as we go. (laughs) You don't look at me the way you did when we first got married. You don't look like... No, I'm just playing. That's a total joke. <laughs> That's not a real one. <laughs> I just had to lighten the mood a little. <laughs> That's true for all of us. Amen. <laughs> Sometimes it's better to just shut up. <laughs> right? I used to live by this model when I first got married. If I dug a hole with Mandy... I just kept digging a hole. I was like, sooner or later, I'm going to come out on the other side. I'm just going to throw all up everything I have to say right now and get it all out at once and just throw the A-bomb on her and just blow everything up, and then it'll be okay. Let's get it over with at once, right? Wasn't the smartest way to deal with stuff, right? (laughs) Through time and through years, you learn wisdom on how to deal with each other, and the way to do it is not to say exactly what's always on your mind, Right? When things are broken, when things aren't working well, you don't always have to talk about it being broken and not working well or not doing the right thing. Sometimes you need to come in the, neg- in the opposite spirit and begin to prophetically declare over what you want it to be. Begin to speak over your wife what you want your marriage to be. Begin to declare over your marriage. At the time we spend complaining, we should spend praying. Complaining is praying to the wrong God. (laughs) It's faith in the inferior. Amen? 
And so I just use marriage because it's an easy one. But whenever we have something in our life that does not line up with the Word of God, don't speak negatively over that situation. If it's a relationship, if it's a friendship, if it's your job or a financial situation, don't always declare the obvious of what you see right now. The Bible says what we see is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. And where are you and I supposed to be living right now? We're supposed to be living in an eternal place, in a heavenly perspective, where we don't see things as they are on earth, but we see them from heaven's perspective. So if your job's not doing well right now, if you're not making money, if you're not finding a job, don't always talk about it from that side of it. Begin to, God, show me what you see from where you are, because where I'm at doesn't look too good. Bring me where you are. Help me come up higher and see what you see. And when I see what you see, I'll begin to declare with my mouth what I see. Amen? That's how we change things. That's how we reverse atmospheres. That's how we break curses off of families and off of situations. Is we begin to prophetically declare the favor of God. By the blessing of the upright, a city is exalted. The blessing, speaking blessings over a city is how it is exalted. When, blessed, when righteous people speak blessings over things, it reverses the trend because we're now people of authority. Amen? What happens when a person that has no authority declares something that's supposed to be powerful and authoritative? Right? Nothing happens. There's nothing behind it. Your words bounce off me like ping pong balls. We used to say that back, back in the day. <laughs> Your words bounce off me like ping. There's no weight behind it, right? But when you go into a new realm and you move into a new level of authority and, and, and not just moving with the wave of God, but helping create the wave, you move into a new, you transition into a new anointing that's the authority of heaven. Now you're throwing bowling balls instead of ping pong balls. And there's something behind it. There's a force behind it. Amen? Say it with me one more time. By the blessing of the upright, the city is exalted. Say this one again as well. When the righteous thrive, people rejoice. See, godliness is really a good thing. I talked about this a few months back. But godly morality, being a moral people, it's really the best way to live. You'll live longer. You'll live healthier. It's just proven. Go through the Bible and study it. When people obeyed the word of the Lord, when they did what he said, they lived longer. When they obeyed their parents, when they honored their mother and father. He says, if you honor your mother and father, you'll live a long, healthy life. You just go through the scripture, the things that they did through scripture. By honoring the word of God, it creates a favor upon us that's not just meant for us to have for ourselves, but it's meant for everyone we come in contact with. You are now given the responsibility to be a channel between earth and heaven. Amen? Who are the righteous people of God? So when we are in places of authority, what will happen to the city? It will rejoice. Amen? Why don't you stand with us? Amen. Thank you, Lord. One second. We have Matt close out the service in one second. I want to pray over you, all right? I want us to get this as a church. I want this to be really something we talk about a lot for the rest of our time. That we're here to make the city rejoice. Amen? That the church is here to create a channel so that the, so that the people around us can experience the favor and the grace and, and the love of God that we now experience. Amen? Lord, I thank you for your word today. I thank you 
because I, I feel it's resonating right now in our hearts. And I feel it is creating room inside of us. We love your word. And I pray that, that not one of your words would fall to the ground today or that would be choked out or that, would, that the sun would come and kill it or that they wouldn't have deep roots. But I pray that deep roots would be created right now from your word, that we would become a church that wants to transform society, that we want to see revival in our society. And that means where everyone prospers, where everyone thrives, where people come alive. Lord, I ask that you would just bless us as a church to be able to carry your presence, to be able to carry your word with us so that we become a living channel between heaven and earth and we begin to be that river. (laughs) Everywhere the river goes, there's life and there's fruit and there's healing and there's emotional healing and everything. God, I pray that that will become who we are and not just something we say, but I pray that becomes our DNA. I pray it becomes our, our, our experience, not just our knowledge. In Jesus' name. Uh, okay, so remember in medical terms, they say there's a failure to thrive and a, and a person dies. So like an old couple, you know, one of them dies and the other one can't function. They shut down. Listen, it's much more serious on a spiritual level because if we as Christians have a failure to thrive, it's not just us that die, but it's the society around us. So remember that. Remember, you have a lot riding on you if you're a righteous person, if you come to Christ and, and you're living your life correctly there's a weight on you to thrive and to prosper, and and um, that just it just comes from being close to God. Um, he already prayed over you, so I just want to do a couple of plugs before we dismiss you. Don't forget about the devotionals um, every day online. My wife is better about doing it than I am. I'm just gonna be honest, but <laughs> do it. Get out there, learn. Um, that's part of thriving: is growing, learning, developing your mind, developing your understanding of God. Right? Um, do we have any events coming up? No? Okay. Wednesday nights. If you, haven't, if you haven't been coming on Wednesday nights, it's been really, really good. Uh, the last few weeks, I think everybody who's here has been really, really ministered to. It's like, I think we feel like we've gone to another level on Wednesday nights of, of just being ministered to. So if you haven't been coming on Wednesday nights, please come. And I promise you, you won't walk away disappointed. You'll, you'll be a better person walking out. You'll be more equipped for the week. Uh, and I think that's it. We love you guys. Have a good week. And we will see you next time.